taking a break from Zechariah for a few weeks. As I was on vacation, the Lord really laid this message on my heart. And I was searching through some of my notes on my phone, and I found some New Year's resolution from a few years ago. How many know that's dangerous? <laughs> and so I looked through the list of resolutions, and I'd only accomplished one thing, and it was to lose weight to 165 pounds. So at least I accomplished something. Yeah. Now, most of that happened from kidney stones. <laughs> I'm telling you, with my la latest episode on Christmas Day, I lost three pounds in one day. Now, I'm not saying the stone weighed that much. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> However, it was shaped like a pyramid with nice sharp corners. It was the most painful one yet. And the previous one back in June had lasted for three weeks. And so with this one, I was thinking, three, if this goes three weeks, you know, I'm going to lose my mind. But because the pain was just constant and other times it kind of ebbs and flows. So you may be saying, Pastor James, TMI. Anybody saying TMI right here? <laughs> Listen, I received my AARP card a few years ago. I'm allowed, that's a license to talk about this kind of stuff. <laughs> anyway, how will this year be different than last year? I'm praying less kidney stones for one. But how will we be different? If there's any resolution you made this year, I hope you'll make this just this one resolution. The title of my message is Call on the Name of the Lord. May that be our highest, our greatest, most important decision we make this coming year. That 2022 is going to be a year that we called on the name of the Lord like we never have before in our lives. I believe we're going to need to. I believe it's going to prepare our hearts for what is ahead. If we do nothing else, may we make this year a year we truly called on the name of the Lord. The first time calling on the name of the Lord is mentioned is in the book of Genesis chapter 4. And the context was Cain had just killed his brother Abel and Eve became pregnant again. Look at Genesis 4.25. Adam lay with his wife again and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another son, a child, in the place of Abel, since Cain killed him. And Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. And at that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. And so when Enosh was born, it had already been over 200, nearly 250 years since Adam had been created by God. And so we know that there was a population explosion on the earth in those couple centuries. And the Bible exposition commentary says, Seth was 105 years old when his son Enosh was born. How about that? 105 and you have your first child. That's pretty awesome. And Enosh means man and comes from a Hebrew word that means frail and weak. It's the word for man that emphasizes how fragile and weak we really are in ourselves. Aren't we? We are weak in ourselves. We need God. And sin was injected into the human race and it had caused this frailty in humanity. Still, man, mankind was multiplying rapidly over the earth. And it says these three words, at that time. At that time, during the time that mankind was multiplying in numbers, some of those from the godly line of Seth began to do something unique. They began to call on the name of the Lord. There was something special going on at this time. As I have often said, timing is very important to the Lord, and it's very important 
that we call on the name of the Lord at the right time. Now, how many of you can remember a time before cell phones? Okay, few of us. There are some that that's all they've known in their whole life is cell phones. A lot of people don't even have landlines anymore. It's all cell phones. I don't even have a home phone number. I don't have a landline. But before cell phones, you remember, used to have this phone that plugged into the wall. And then you'd get an extra long cord so you could walk around with that super long cord that hung out and strung all together. Ever tried to straighten those phone cords? And then they went to little wireless phones, but you still couldn't drift very far. It's not like you could take it in your car with you. But during that time, before cell phones, it was cheaper to call on evenings and weekends. Remember that? Now we can go on your cell phone. You call any time. Morning, night, day, it's the same price. But there was a time you had to call at a certain time if you wanted that discount. And so one time my parents called me during the day. And I was panicked. I was freaking out. I thought something serious has happened because my parents always called during the cheaper time either in the evening or on the weekends. And so them calling right in the middle of the day, I thought, surely the world has come to an end. I can't even remember why they called, but it wasn't anything serious. So back in those days, you called at a certain time. And there's a time for us to call on the name of the Lord as well. There's a specific time. In fact, calling on the name of the Lord presupposes, number one, There is an appointed time. Now, we should always be calling on the name of the Lord, and we're going to define what that means and what it really represents. But there are seasons, and there are situations, and there are circumstances, and there are time frames where it's especially important that God's people respond to the call. And that we begin to call on the name of the Lord, and the world was multiplying, and things were taking place, And there are certain times in history where God shows up in a major way. In the same way, there are certain times in our lives when God is especially near to us. He comes near. The Bible says in James that if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. And there are several times where it mentions that the Lord comes near us. He draws near We see this in Isaiah 55, 6. This is how we should respond in those times when we know we need to call on the name of the Lord. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call on him while he is near. So what does this mean? Seek the Lord while he may be found. It's not that God is hiding from us during other times. But there are certain times where he really makes his presence known, his manifest presence. There are times in history of great revivals and great awakenings where God really made his presence known. And so it's in those times especially that we need to press in and seek the Lord. It's in times of trial and tribulation that we need to press in and seek the Lord while he may be found. Because there's going to come a time for some people when it is too late. It is too late to seek the Lord, for he has already come, or you have already gone. We draw near. We call on him while he is near. So what does it mean when there are times where God comes near? According to Matthew Henry, he says, Here is a gracious 
offer of pardon and peace and of all happiness. It shall not be in vain to seek God. Now his word is calling to us and his spirit is striving with us. But there is a day coming when he will not be found. There may come such a time in this life, it is certain that at death and judgment the door will be shut. Just like on Noah's ark. There must not only be a change of the way, but a change of the mind. We should not only change our ways, but we should change our way of thinking, our thoughts. And so I believe that 2022 may be that season where God is coming to draw near. Where it's imperative that we begin to seek the Lord while he may be found. That we would press in during this time while he is near. We would call on his name. Whatever you're facing, whatever circumstance, this is a time to call on the name of the Lord. I believe this year is the year we call on the name of the Lord. And if we call on the name of the Lord, he will respond. We're going to see in the coming weeks what that really means in more detail. I believe this year is a door of opportunity we cannot let pass by. Think in your own life, what does God have in store for you? At the birth of Enosh, it was a critical time. There was a, a distinction that, of sorts that came into humanity. Children were being born. Listen, when you live 900 years, you could have a lot of kids. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you'd want to, but... I mean, that was a command of the Lord, replenish the earth. And so it was happening, multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. And as mankind increased on the earth, there was this line being drawn between two camps. There was a distinction that was beginning to happen within mankind. The Life Application Bible explains it this way. Unfortunately... When left to themselves, people tend to get worse instead of better. Violence was on the rise. And two distinct groups were emerging. Number one, those who showed indifference to sin and evil. And number two, those who worshipped the Lord. To call on the name of the Lord signifies, number two, we are distinct from the world. This is part of why we are distinct, because we call on the name of the Lord. Other people call on the name of other things. When they're going through desperate times, they call on the name of other things, but we call on the name of the Lord. This distinguishes us from the rest of the world. We don't find our strength within ourselves. We find it in God's spirit. A separation of humankind was beginning to take shape during the time of Enosh. And throughout history and throughout the Bible, God called his people to be different. The Bible calls us a peculiar people. We're, we're a little different, aren't we? we? We should be. That's what distinguishes us from the rest of the world. And throughout Bible history and church history, the church has, has to stand out. Has to stand out biblically. Has to stand out for the Lord. Sometimes we stand out in the wrong way for the wrong things. But it's important for us as believers in Jesus Christ that people can see the difference. Being a believer should change you and it should make a difference in you. And, and over time, people should begin to be able to see that difference. And it behooves us, I love that word, behoove. It behooves us to be different. Different. 
We see this in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, at first glance, this may seem to be saying that we're not supposed to fellowship with unbelievers, but 1 Corinthians 5 says we should. We should have to be friends with those who don't know the Lord. How else are they going to hear about Jesus? And so this is not talking about that. This, the key word is yoked. You're not to be yoked. Does, we are to be friends with unbelievers. We are to be friends with those who don't know the Lord. We are to reach out to them. We are to fellowship with them, to bring them closer to the Lord. But the key word is yoked. And that word yoked has to do with a covenant relationship. Now we know two oxen were yoked together and the stronger one would pull the other, but they, they, were, they were bound together. And the Bible tells us as believers we're not to be bound together in a covenant relationship such as marriage. In the time of Enosh was generations before the introduction of Noah and the ark. And though some of mankind sought the Lord, there was a steady decline throughout the generations that led to the Lord destroying the earth in the flood. It's tragic that we started with the godly line of Seth and men began to call on the name of the Lord, but then fewer and fewer began to call on the name of the Lord. And by the time of Noah, the only people left was him, his wife, his three sons, and his three daughters-in-law. That was all that's left out of humanity. And so the challenge for us in these days is to be in the world but not of the world. We're to love the lost. We're to care for those who don't know Jesus. This is what's so important, and I'll be stressing that a little later, but we need to reach those who don't know the Lord. But at the same time, we need to separate ourselves from the world, biblically, not not just because of man-made ideas, but biblically. How are we to separate ourselves from the world and the world's mindset? To call on the name of the Lord is the understanding that, number three, the world is getting worse. Look at the things that are happening. Just as the world degraded in the times leading up to Noah, so it will be again. The Bible says that the end times will be like the times of Noah. And people will be doing their thing, and then suddenly the flood came. Suddenly Jesus will come. And I've shared this passage many times, but let's read it in the New Living Translation. Here are some examples of what's going to happen in the last days. See if you recognize any of these things in our world today. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. Paul says this to Timothy. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. Hmm. 
They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. See the separation again. Again, it's we need to reach the lost and love this world. God so loved the world that he sent his son. But the key is to realize the times and what is taking place. I believe more than ever, this is an anointed and appointed time for us as believers to call on the name of the Lord, both individually and corporately. You need, we need to do it every day, call on the name of the Lord. In our personal lives, in our personal prayer time, call on the name of the Lord. And we're going we're gonna to define what that means. And then us as a church, may we be faithful every service to call on the name of the Lord. He's our help. He's our strength. He's who we need, especially during these times. So what does it mean literally to call on the name of the Lord? Let's look up the word call in the Hebrew. It's kara. And it means to call, to declare, to summon, to invite, to read, to be called, to be invoked, to be named, according to the Complete Word Study Dictionary. So that is what it means to call. To call on the name of the Lord then means to declare His name, to summon His name, to invite His name, to read His name. One of the things that's so powerful is the many names of God, how he has named himself. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner, the Lord our provider. We should study the names of God. We should speak the names of God. Elohim, Yahweh. We declare his name. We read his name. And then to be called by his name, that's what it means. To, be, to invoke his name and to be named by his name. According to Wearsby Commentary, he says this. A remarkable thing is recorded in connection with the birth of this boy, Enosh. At that time, people began to gather together to worship God, proclaim his name, and pray. The Hebrew word translated call upon carries the meaning of praying in God's name and also proclaiming his name in worship. There was a revival of public worship and believing prayer as the descendants of Seth met together in the name of the Lord. And so my last point this morning is this. Calling on the name of the Lord recognizes that, number four, a practice of worship, proclamation, and prayer will bring revival. We are to worship His name and only His name. We are to proclaim his name to people who don't know him. And we are to pray in his name. It means calling on his name and being called by his name. Isn't it great to be called, they're one of those Jesus people. I love it, call me by that name. 
The former begets the latter. When we make it a practice to call on the name of the Lord, we will become known as the people who are called by his name. The more we call on his name, the more we'll be called by his name. Is that awesome? We call on the name of the Lord, and then we're going to be called by his name. We are his sons and daughters. We are his children. We are people of the Lord. It is up to us as people of God who are called by his name. I mean, you know, the world's not going to do it. It's up to us. As the worship team comes to prepare for communion, I share this last scripture that we know, we all know well. We quote it every time we have a prayer service. And yet it is so important that we practice this scripture. This is what it means to call on the name of the Lord. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people, again, not the world, it's got to be God's people. It's up to us. Judgment begins in the house of God, the, uh, First Peter says. It, it's up to us to call on the name of the Lord. If my people who are called by my name, there it is, we not only call on his name, we're called by his name. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves. One of the signs of the last days is pride. I will confess on vacation I watched a lot of football. A whole lot of football. It was awesome. But I will tell you I saw a lot of pride on that field. A lot of glorification in self. Do you remember the days of humble athletes? Was there ever a day? Well, let it be said of us, what will distinguish us from the world is true humility. True biblical humility will make us stand out from the rest of the world. They don't see it much, especially anymore. And so if we're going to make a difference, if we're going to be called by his name, we got to be humble people. We can't be proud and arrogant, condescending, judgmental, self-righteous. We have to be humble, true humility. And then we have to pray. There's, there's no getting through this without prayer. There's no getting through what you're going through right now without prayer. Prayer cannot be just a thing that happens on the side. It must be our lifeblood. It must be our daily desire to pray, to seek the Lord. Couples, we need to pray together, husbands and wives. This year, pray together more. Make it a commitment. We're going to pray. You have a challenge in your life. You have a prodigal that needs to come home. You need to pray. It's going to be prayer. You're not going to change minds. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. But when we pray, the Holy Spirit moves. And when we seek God's face, we seek his face. And that means more than just prayer. That's reading his word because that's how we know him is through his word. So we seek his face by, by putting our face in the book. And of course, there has to be repentance, turn from their wicked ways. We all have something to repent of. Repentance is a beautiful thing. It puts us in right relationship with God. And so if we'll turn from our wicked ways, then God will hear from heaven and forgive our sin and heal our land.
Does our land need healing? Like never before. This world needs healing like never before. And Jesus is the healer. But it's up to us, to you, to me. We as the church around this world. Are we going to call on his name like never before? This time we're going to go toward communion. We recognize there is an appointed time. There's an appointed time to seek the Lord. There is a time where he draws near. We are distinct from the world. How does God want us to stand out? Number one, through humility. We recognize the world is getting worse. But I'm here to tell you, along with the world getting worse, I believe God's going to bring a revival like we've never seen. While the darkness keeps getting darker, the light will shine brighter. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And so we, we see the world is getting worse, and these things must happen. What I've never before in my life felt closer than we are now to the coming of the Lord. Because the signs are, are being fulfilled right before our very eyes. And so we need to, we need to pray for this revival. And we need to practice worship, proclamation, and prayer. So the Bible says before we take communion, we're to examine our hearts. We're to say, Lord, see if there be any wicked way in me. Search me. Know me. So I'm going to ask Nathan to lead us in this song. And while he sings, may we worship and may we seek and search our own hearts before we take communion. We'll do that together. His body the bread, his blood the yes. wine, broken and poured out all for love. The world trembled and the veil was torn. Love so amazing, love so amazing. sing that second verse
my hope is in you. My hope is in you. Lord of all. Sing it out. All our hope. All our hope is in you. All our hope. Yes, God. take the bread and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for giving your life, your body to be broken for us. And so Lord, I just thank you for your faithfulness that we can believe you for healing, help and wholeness, Lord. Jesus, you are the bread of life. You meet every need. And so Lord, I thank you for giving your body, your blood, your life for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you take the bread? Let's play, pray over the juice. Jesus, you made a way. Now we can call upon your name anytime, anywhere. We don't have to be a high priest that goes once a year into the temple by the blood of the Lamb. But each of us are washed in the blood of the Lamb of Jesus. So we thank you for your blood. We thank you that it forgives our sins, it washes us away, that there's power in the name. There's power in the blood. So Lord, we make a commitment, a covenant to you this year in 2022. We will call upon the name of the Lord. We will make it our practice. We will make it our purpose to call on the name of the Lord like we've never done before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you partake? Amen. The king is coming. As our awesome quartet saying, the king is coming. Would you stand with me? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. God bless you. Hope to see you at prayer tonight at 530.